ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. And welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode five. I almost said week five again. But if you're joining us for the first time, this is where we take a moment to kind of you know, share our our thoughts on a lot of different topics. Uh, we carry this over from lunch when we used to work together, and we still have lunch. We still talk about things, and we still actually are very motivated to share it. So, well, at least one of us is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say which one. Ah, well, one of the things that I realized, and we've, I mean, p- people probably have figured out who's who in general from our overall conversations, but I don't know that we've ever really identified ourselves um, in terms of which voice is which. Should we do that or should we just leave it up to the audience to decide who's Chris and who's Andre? Who's who? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do that. You go first. Okay. Um, this is Andre. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so my name's Chris. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all you got. Yep. Um, my name's Chris. That's all I'm going to share. No. Um, I don't know. I work from home a lot and I travel some. Uh, I like cooking and long walks on the beach and romantic hand-holding, um, candlelight dinners, the opera. This is weird. Um, <laughs> let's see, sports uh, affiliations, Wolfpack, uh, in case you hadn't figured that out. Um, I was and may still be a Chargers fan, depending on what ends up happening with Phillip Rivers. Um, I don't know if you heard, but he moved to Florida. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think he's done. Well, I think, uh, I mean, there's a couple of teams in Florida that are looking in for quarterbacks, or at least could be. I mean, you've got Jacksonville and, uh, I mean, heck, you've got three teams, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, and Miami, since Jameis Winston's contract is up. And so, who knows? I mean, I, you know, I don't know if that's where he ends up uh, long term, but um, I'm also a Seahawks fan, Russell Wilson, whole pack of Badgers. Um <laughs> I've, I I don't know if you I don't have to send you this so you can watch it at some point but there's a great I think it's a YouTube clip of this guy doing uh, his impression of all the different athletes walking in to like a football stadium and the one he does of Russell Wilson right. is absolutely killer because it I I don't even want to spoil it I would just it's yeah okay so anyways <laughs> um, as you may have heard on a previous podcast, I have a six-year-old daughter, um, and she's awesome. We like doing lots of fun stuff together. She's into um, a lot of JoJo Siwa and, what is it, like Ryan, and, you know, yeah. billionaire eight-year-old um, on YouTube. And so dealing with all of that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's me. I'm Chris. Hi. Nice to meet you, everybody. Yeah, I, I don't like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I don't like the beach at all, actually. I think it's great to look at. That's about it. But what's, um, what's the short version? I'm Andre. I have five kids because I didn't give up. And um, 
I just like range. to think that I got it right on the first try. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's debatable. Uh, my wife and I, we have four uh, four boys and our daughter all together. Once you add all the, the different little components up, uh, we have, let's see, I'll start from oldest to youngest. One's a marketer. One's an engineer. One is a musician. One is going to be entering his uh, journey into real estate professionally, so that's exciting. And then I have the the awesome, brilliant daughter who has, is basically the best of both worlds when you look at both my wife and I. She wants to be a neurosurgeon, um, and she's doing some, some SAT prep right now. And her goal is to go to Johns Hopkins. So, you know, she'll be a lot smarter than, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, John Hopkins. The slow guy that ran for... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't even think of it. What? Dude, guy you know the guy. Uh, what? Ran for president. Oh, man. The butt of so many jokes. The black guy. Oh. Oh, oh. yeah. Freaking Carson. Was it Ben Carson? Carson. Ben Carson. Jeez. She'll be the cool neurosurgeon while Ben Carson, although he's a pioneer in medicine, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's about me in a nutshell. I, you know, actually, that's not, well, I write software. I love writing software. Uh, I was a closet geek up until about, I'd say, four or five years ago, and I'm full on geek now. Um, I'm really into comic books because they're great. And uh, Madden, lots and lots of Madden. Uh, but again, big family guy and just trying to, you know, do the best I can to make sure my kids aren't embarrassed of me later on in life. So that's about it. Um, yeah. So now you know a little bit more about us. I, I hate things like that. Me too. That's <laughs> so, why we put it off until the fifth you know, episode. Thanks, Chris. Well, I, you know, I mean, I'll probably edit it out and just <laughs> nobody will know who we are. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, that's... That's a good move. That's the power of uh, podcasting. A lot of stuff going on. I know, right? And if you guys only knew what happened before this podcast, you'd be like, what? Video games. So I was telling you earlier, Matt came home for the weekend, and uh, our partial weekend, and we played Matt, and, and the Houston Texans in that game, I could not win a game. It was I was getting mad. I assume you were playing um, as your Stephen Broncos. Of course, there, there's no, there's no question about that. But just the AI they're using for Houston in that game makes no sense at all. But that'll be my new practice squad. I mean, I can shut down KC. I can, you know, keep the Chargers at bay, and actually, I dominate the Chargers now. Uh, new England is a practice team for me. It's kind of like FIFA for me. So in FIFA, I, I practice against Italy and France mm-hmm. because they have just for consistent years been like really hard teams to, to match against. So I always try to pick the team that I can just kind of, fud, you know, fudge around with. And then when I play other people, I just dominate the game. But yeah, the Texans and Madden 20 are almost unstoppable. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, can't, I don't think I have a copy of Madden 20. I think the last one I bought was 19 um, last year. And we never even got to play online, thanks to my stupid EA Sports account fiasco, where I signed up with an email address that I no longer yeah. have access to, and they're, they have basically told me repeatedly that I can't uh, 
get access to that account. Um, and there's nothing that I can do to disassociate it from my gamer tag because I can't access it. And so <laughs> short of creating a new game profile and losing all of my Xbox uh, gamer score points um, to start a new EA account, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I may just not ever buy an EA game again. How's that EA? And you show them. Yeah, they <laughs> lost one customer. <laughs> no, and it's just, I mean, you know, it was classic customer service runaround, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you know, here, go through the online thing. Okay, now we're going to connect you to somebody. This person's going to say, oh, you have to go to account recovery. And then account recovery sends you an email. You fill out a form with a bunch of information that it's absolutely ridiculous that they expect you to know. Um, and then inevitably you get an email back that says, Sorry, based on the information provided, we can't get, grant you access to this account. And then when I'm like, but pretty please? And they're like, nope. So, sorry. That was my mini <laughs> EA rant. I had forgotten about that until we brought yeah. that up. But Yeah, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm big on sports games. And I, I think every time I get a new system to play games on, it, and I'm not like a hardcore gamer. I, I have my go-tos. Madden, FIFA, and some type of some type of racing game, like I really don't care. So, um, and everything else will kind of just filter in and, and play play itself out. But it's it's all good. You're the type of gamer though that really wants like you want to you want the hardest challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. See, and that's where we are opposites. <laughs> not that I want like but, not that I want everything to be but, super easy, but I want it, I want it to be just challenging enough but I still ultimately want to be able to prevail like 99% of the time. <laughs> huh. I mean, shit, That's I'm sitting here playing the game. Like it's, it's entertainment for me. Why shouldn't I, why shouldn't I be winning? <laughs> well, if you I'm hyper competitive. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm hyper competitive. So I, I hate doing things and I'm not, you know, I can't rank in doing it. It's just a waste of time to me. Yeah. It's time for politics. So speaking of not ranking, <laughs> did you watch the Democratic debate? No, I said I was going to, and I meant to even go back and watch the highlights of it, but I didn't. Uh, in fact, I think I tuned in for a couple of minutes and saw Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders um, flapping their jaws and was like, wow, OK, I, I don't think I can watch much more of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, in fact, I, of course, I, I watched I was working thing. on the podcast um, uh, and trying to get it out that night. That's part of the reason I wasn't watching. It. Well, I'll tell you this thing. What drove me crazy was I was I was almost to a point where I was rage tweeting. At some of the silliness happening in the debate, and um, I'll never do that again. I, I don't think you should have Twitter in your or like anywhere around you as you're watching something like that. But I really, really, really feel again, and I'll say it again. I'll go on record to say, if you mix Bernie and Andrew Yang, you have the perfect candidate for the Democrats. Everybody else just flat out annoys me and if i hear the democrats once again say well you know black brown black it's just like the party that wants to tout themselves as being the inclusive party really goes to the they play the race card pretty quick though yeah. you know 
It just really annoys me. It's the pandering game. Let's let's pander for votes. Yeah, that's what it, right. Like, let me <laughs> to my Latino friends. Hola, you know, like yeah, come on, you know. Um, I yeah, the whole pandering thing drives me absolutely nuts, and and I think that's part. You know, just how disingenuous every almost every single one of them is. You know that it ultimately doesn't matter. They're just playing the game of get elected, right? Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the thing that bothers me a lot. And we talked about it a bit last time, you know, in terms of potential solves and eliminating all of this, as much of it as you can, right? The, right. the advertising and the marketing ploys behind it all um, and try and get it focused on the actual issues. And that's the other area where I think, you know, ultimately every candidate with their platform should have to answer a certain list of questions, right? Right. Um, and provide their plan on how to solve specific problems that the country is facing um, and have that type of information be something that's readily available to everybody, whether it be through the Internet or distributed through the mail or whatever it is. And I think, you know, the whole registering for a specific party, right? Like I'm a Republican. I am a Democrat. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, you know, like if I'm an individual even say like, you know, you're talking about registering as an independent. That essentially means you don't get to participate in the primaries. And that's probably, yeah, that's a, that's a big hangup I have. Right. Um, I mean, that was, that was the big thing for me is it's like, well then, so you don't get any voice in the primaries because you're not registered to one of the parties. Like that's ridiculous. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. And I think it puts you in a, a bad bind where if you think about the caucuses, you can have the, what is it? No confidence. It's kind of like a, we don't like anybody. We're going to vote for, yeah. you know, Sam. Yeah. Vote of no I, confidence. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, especially if I'm associated with a particular party where this person, the caucus can vote for whoever they want to vote for. Yeah. Um, so the democratic process is getting more complicated. It's the, the barrier to entry is extremely high I'm kind of impressed that Bloomberg is is doing so well as, as well as Steyer, and people are criticizing them because they're billionaires. Yeah, how else do you expect somebody that doesn't have you know outside financial backing to get into the political race, right? Or if they're not even part of the system. Yeah, and if you think about it, most people that get elected to office are part of the system. Well, if you're not an insider, you're probably not going to get elected. So the only thing that can equalize the playing field is how much cash you have. So, you know, Democrats are, again... Or how much shit you talk about your other opponents. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Democrats <laughs> are no less guilty of, you know, being part of the swamp than Republicans are, in my no, opinion. No, absolutely. You know, but it's kind of like, right, we talked about last time, you can drain the swamp all you want, but what are you going to put in place? Yeah, you yeah. Can't, you can't just get rid of everything and then say, well, it's better than when I left it. Like, what? what's the solution <laughs> Uh, yeah, if, you, if people can come up with a solve with all their grand ideas, that would be I would be amazed. I would be freaking amazed. Well, yeah, spell out how you're going to do it in four years, and really in how you would do it in three, so that you have an extra year to buffer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing is that you know you think about politicians at almost any level where you're constantly having to run for re-election, you spend ninety percent of your time campaigning. 
and doing that as opposed to actually doing the stuff that you need to be doing in office. And you're constantly, you know, looking for, well, how am I going to secure the next set of votes or, you know, whatever it is. And so that that's where I think a lot of the pandering and all that stuff comes in. And, and then so that's where I, again, I think limiting, you know, the campaign period, limiting where campaign money comes from, all of those things could, you know, at least potentially start to help reduce the crap that we deal with and actually get people in office that want to be there to help and do something. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. I just think that, um, people have to be really con- you know, committed to what they're saying they're trying to accomplish. And that's whether it's politics or a lot of other issues, people, they, it's like, I'm going to do this, but there's no commitment to it. Um, tough it out. Um, so anyway, that's politics in my mind. I, I wanted to also touch base and actually more of a follow-up. The, the comment I made about marketing, mm-hmm. this kind of tied into sports also. I was reading something on The Athletic, and they actually have a lot of good stories, and they're a paywall site. I did a trial, and then I forgot to cancel the trial because a lot of the, the yeah. football stuff is kind of waning out, and it's more getting ready for spring and baseball. And so anyway, um, I canceled the account. And they had a really interesting link inside of their email that said, why are we a subscription? And I read the article, and I didn't really think about it from that point of view. A lot of the journalists they have for The Athletic used to work for larger uh, media outlets mm-hmm. or sport or ESPN and what have you, and they got laid off. Um, in order for them to actually, you know, I kind of want good journalists or good sports journalists to be in in the field and writing, you know, quality articles mm-hmm. and it, that was their way to recruit some good talent and to keep the lights on yeah. so saying all that i circle back around to okay i get it and because i didn't really you know look at the personal side the paywall I, you know, side. it's very easy so you're changing your stance a little bit on paywall sites yeah i mean I, I want companies to be around for as long as they can, as long as they're providing the value to, you know, said end user or customer. So um, at least if you're honest about it and maybe more sites should make that information available because granted I didn't subscribe, but I understand if that's something I want to do later on, I'm, I feel bought into what they're doing. Um so, yeah, that's me softening up. And, and again, I, I like to try to understand why something is the way it is before, you know, yes, I'm very quick to get on one side of the fence, but people can convince me with the right information that maybe I need to look at it a different way. And that's just one example. So thumbs up athletic for, you know, being honest with your, your users and your customers about what you're trying to do. See, but now I'm just upset that you didn't share your login with me so that I could go read all the stories I wanted to read. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But you know that like most sites are going to start cracking down on the shared logins, though, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. It's not very hard to do. No, it's not. Um, I mean, you know, Hulu does a pretty decent job of tracking how many, you know, open connections and streaming connections and stuff you have because um, they'll ding me all the time and be like you know what do you got too many you're watching on too many tvs and be like don't tell me how many tvs is too many tvs i want all yeah, my tvs all playing bob's burgers <laughs> simultaneously <laughs> so that no matter what room i walk into in the house i can watch the same episode 
first world problems. Yep. <laughs> first. Life. So we got some, uh, my, my sister and uh, brother-in-law reached out to me and they're like, Hey, we really like the podcast. You guys are doing a good job. So thank Aww. you guys. Really appreciate it. Um, don't, don't, that was weird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But one thing I was thinking about, like after talking to them was, and this may be like, there's two hot button topics. We're going to, you guys are probably going to hear in this podcast. And if you don't like it, I would highly suggest you get over it. Um, (laughs) It's one of them is going to be race in America. and The other one's going to be religion in America Uh, because yeah, they're important things. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I personally think that you should be able to talk about both topics. Um, but I also, in, in the, in the way of, I would think people should be respectful either way. Right. Um, you would think, yeah, you would, <laughs> but that's not what this show is all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll say something where at, at worst, I hope you just think about it differently. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think with religion, especially, and that's probably one thing I want to talk about today is like, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm very proud to be a Christian. But one thing I do get a sense of in our country right now is that it, if you say you're a Christian, people have this this perception about you. And and I've said before, like, I, I understand why people are atheists. I don't I don't agree with them. I don't blame them for their views. Um, but I also. And so and let me justify, not justify, but give some more context. A lot of people that when they find out that I'm a Christian, like I don't run around with a name tag that says I'm a Christian, but um, I am. <laughs> but people will say, well, the church did the crusades. Yeah, you're right. Spanish Inquisition. Again, you're right. Bad moments. Probably shouldn't have done that. People took the Bible out of context. But I'm not an apologist. It's not my profession. I don't spend my days and hours thinking of ways I can, I can defend the Bible for everything. That's not my job, but I do expect people to respect my beliefs, not my opinions, but my beliefs, just like I, you know, respect theirs. Um, and again, I, I get why people are atheists. I get why people, you know, uh, I, I get why people had that silly coexist bumper sticker on the back of their car. <laughs> like I, I totally understand that. Just, it's just not my thing. I, and I, and I believe the Whoa. message behind. Let me clarify something real quick, just because I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. That last bit, when you say the coexist bumper stickers, it's just not your thing. Yeah. So let me. Right, in context, people should be able to live peacefully, right? Regardless of their their religious beliefs or practices, right? Right. But if you were to ask me, like, hey, Andre, do you think the coexist uh, sticker is biblical? I would say the answer is no, right? If it's like, biblical? Yeah, if it's biblical. So is that like, is that something that, I, in my point of view, that a Christian should, you know, get behind? And the answer would be no. Um, because I've heard a lot, just enough people tell me that they believe there's more than one way to heaven. Well, I fundamentally don't believe that that's that would be my context of that of that statement i appreciate that people should be able to practice their religion without any like bad feelings towards them 
But if you're to ask me, like, personally, Andre, do you believe that's a biblical sticker? The answer would be no. Because the people I've asked about their coexist stickers literally say, well, there's more than one way to heaven. And I would say, well, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on how you're interpreting that. I guess I've never took it to... I, I never looked at it as, you know, being associated with any specific religion one way or the other therefore of course it wouldn't be biblical right in in my my view um that it was more just about having respect and like you said right tolerance for other people's points of views um that which i agree yeah okay so that's what i wanted to to clarify because for a second there it sounded like you don't want people to coexist (laughs) you don't believe in coexisting (laughs) yeah that's that's me i want everybody to live in turmoil and chaos uh no i've I've actually asked people with the coexist sticker on their car like hey what is that all about and i'm like oh yeah you had me until you said that um it's just like if that's and that's just a subset i don't have a coexist bumper sticker on my car yeah, I would, uh, we would definitely, yeah, that would be weird. And actually, I, I get it. I, I get the surface, like, you know, people should have, be entitled to their, their belief system. And I agree with that. Um, I, I just don't. Yeah, you don't have to agree with the belief system, but yeah, that's. Yeah. And so, you know, I, as a parent, and this is like, I think we've talked about this. Like, the schools are, are just really weird with how they're trying to, um, influence or counter attack people of, you know, especially Christianity in schools, you know? Um, and I think that's sad. Um, and it's just like, for me, it's just like, wow, there's, although there is a, it's like Christians have to be on the defensive about what they believe in. And I, I can totally get why, but I don't really appreciate the fact that, you know, it's like a full on attack against people that run around saying they're Christians or they, you know, they are Christians. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a heavy topic. <laughs> yeah. Good thing it's Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, good thing I had all my cups of coffee this morning and I'm prepared to talk about this cause I studied all last night on, um, religious relationships. Um, you know, uh, me personally, uh, I don't follow any specific, you know, religious tenets. Um, I was raised, born into a Catholic family and raised Catholic and attended church on a weekly basis, went through all the, the fun things of being Catholic growing up uh, until really I graduated from high school and went to college. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, towards the end of my, you know, religious practicings, I was already starting to have second thoughts about whether or not I was going to continue to practice, you know, um, being a Catholic. And for me, uh, I don't, you know, I certainly, as you know, like I don't begrudge anybody's, you know, um, belief system or their, you know, desire to be part of a church. My parents are, you know, very active in their church. Um, I go, I went with them for Christmas mass. Um, I've met their, uh, priest. He's super nice, very nice guy. Um, and I think that there's a ton of really great people within the churches. I personally struggle 
with some of the what I feel are kind of gaps in logic in the way that organized religion is kind of implemented. Um, if that makes any sense. When you look around and you see churches that are built, massive churches, um, and, and this is not any specific religion, right? Um, or, you know, but, but Catholicism, like we can even focus on that since that's the one that I'm specifically familiar with. I mean, it's, it's weird to sit there in a church that's covered in gold stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and be told that, I need to be giving more of my money to the church so that they can have a nicer church. When I mean, if you, to me, you know, in my understandings of the Bible's teachings and, you know, maybe even in particular kind of the, the teachings of Jesus is that that was like the exact opposite of what we were supposed to be doing. We shouldn't be building these massive, you know, um, like going to the Vatican you know, and seeing St. Peter's Basilica and the Vatican Museum and realizing that all of the treasures that they have there that you can see are, it's like the tip of the iceberg compared to what's buried in the, in the, you know, in the archives there that no one can see. And that's where I guess I I've struggled. And then I think the other thing that I have a really hard time with when it comes to when it comes to that kind of, you know, um, literal, right, interpretation of scripture and application is a couple of things. One, I think like we've talked about before is it's often taking out of context, right? You, there's a snippet right. that someone wants to quote to prove a point, but if you actually read the stuff before and after, it almost does the exact opposite and disproves, right, what they're trying to say. Um, the other thing that I struggle with is that that text has been interpreted and translated and modified over thousands of years now by people that who are just as fallible as you and I, right? Um, and maybe even more so, people in power that had reason to put specific things into scripture um, or into text in order to try and achieve a specific point. And so for me, I just, I struggled to feel like that was something that I wanted to follow or to be a part of. And so for me, it's more about, you know, I, I think that honestly, I still live by a lot of the same tenets that I was raised you know, on through Catholicism, um, you know, do unto others very much kind of like the golden rule, right? Like I, I want to treat other people the way that I want to be treated. I try to look out for other people and, and help where I can. Um, and personally don't feel like I need to go to church on a weekly basis in order to do that. But again, that's me. And I know that for some people, Religion and that kind of that weekly ritual um, is very helpful, you know. And so, again, like I don't begrudge that for anybody. I just don't personally feel that that's for me. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Like, like I said, I've tried to take more time to understand why people most people have logical reasons for their their like their understanding or their 
or they can explain to me why they don't do something or why, you know, the church in general has probably failed. And, yeah. you know, I, and I can, you know, I, I don't, I don't disagree with what they're saying. It's like, yeah, you're, you're right. That's totally uh, you culpa. You know, I, like I, we botched that. Um, but I think at the same time, it's, it's also, you shouldn't also classify every person that says they believe a certain thing, or especially when it comes to whether they're Catholic or Protestant, you shouldn't judge them based on your limited knowledge of why they believe what they, or they're of those two in general, because most people have a very surface level knowledge of Catholicism or a Protestant denomination. And it's like, yeah, I hear you, but you really don't know. You're just yeah. like talking out of the side of your neck. Totally um, agree. You know, and it's, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't sit here and, and try to speak about somebody that was raised, you know, uh, or that practiced Buddhism or, some other religion that I have absolutely no real understanding of. Um, and I really, you know, again, like I don't, people that are part of the Catholic church have at it. Like, please, you know, um, it's not, it's just me personally, right? It's just, those are my feelings. And so for me, it's been um, something that, you know, I think I, I was very concerned uh, at first about how my parents would feel, you know, and I know that they're probably not thrilled. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they'd love for me to be going to church on a weekly basis, but, um, you know, at the same time, I think, like I said, being, being raised Catholic and, and by my parents who I think are both, you know, good people. Um, like I think I have a solid foundation. I think, you know, and I'd like to think I'm a good person. Um, and live my life by a lot of the same right. tenets, even if I'm not a, you know, uh, practicing Catholic or, you know, would consider myself to be associated with any specific religious denomination. Yeah, I just find it very interesting, like, uh, and we can move on after I make this thing, because I know, you know, it's, it, it could definitely come up again, but I just want to, I yeah. find it very interesting. A lot of people try to convince, like, I don't try to convince people that, uh, to become a, a Christian, right? But people try to convince me that being a cringe, Christian is bad, and, and actually, I've heard people, <laughs> yeah, like being a Christian is bad or ignorant. Oh, you believe in God? You believe in aliens? <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, that's like uh, you haven't seen an alien. No, I mean, no more than I have like physically have seen God. Yeah, but how can you? tell me that I'm not as smart as you are because of my belief. I'm not trying to convince you to do anything different. Yeah. Like, why well, are you trying to convince me? <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. You know, I think, um, looking back, you look at specifically like, um, say like the origin story, right. Um, of the earth <laughs> and mankind, um, in both, let's say the, the scientific realm right like the the theory of the big bang and evolution and all of that and then within the you know the religious texts and we can kind of stick with catholicism if we want since that's the one that we're both familiar with but i think there's you know again i don't pretend to know any answers i don't know if they're if i'm not i'm not an atheist and sit here and say i know for a fact there's no god <laughs> you know or that there isn't some higher being um so for all i know right like we talk about in the in religious texts that the earth was created over a seven day period right 
good for God for only taking a week. Right. Um, in science texts, we talk about that it took billions of years and there was the Big Bang and all of this. I, If you look at it, I think there's at least the potential for there to be overlap between some of those things. Um, if you think about the fact that God didn't create light until, what, the fourth day, third day? Third day. So how many days really passed prior to that if there was no sun? Right. <laughs> Right. So for all we know, that was billions of years that, you know, like it's just there's I think there's different ways that you can kind of interpret that stuff. And if you don't if you don't necessarily look at it with a literal translation, because in my opinion, like those texts are meant to be more guidelines. Right. They're fables. They're stories to help give you a sense of morality and to to help point you in the right direction more so than it is to say you know, live your life by these specific words on a day-to-day basis. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you feel differently. Maybe fables I, isn't I the right, isn't um, the right word. But, um, but we're, okay. I wouldn't use that as a word. I know it's a word. And I, and I think I understand what you're saying. I don't mean it. But I would also man. say that they, <laughs> I, I know, I don't, think, I don't think you do. Um, I, I do think that, just like I'm, a, I'm not an apologist, there's a lot of Christian scientists that that's their job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there are some things where I just chalk up to well, the you know the Bible pretty much says my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't try to figure out everything because that, you know, I'm not pursuing a career in science, nor do I am I pursuing a career to be a Christian scientist. Um, and one. One thing that get, you know gave me peace of mind in doing that was they were looking at the Grand Canyon and the, just the and there was a, a group of scientists, some secular and some not, talking about how the Grand Canyon and some of the, the just the I, I guess the markings in the in the stone itself would actually predate what scientists thought the world was. So I was like, well, that's interesting. And this one scientist said, well, another thing that could definitely have done that would be like if there was a ton of water that went through this area. So it could have given the impression that the, the area was older than what it was. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to I'm not going to try to pick apart everything just so I can feel like I understand it because that's silly. Yeah. And scientists can debate back and forth all day about or you know how old the earth is and, and what have you this what have you that and still not know the answer you know <laughs> so for me it's like yeah those things aren't important um and to your point about how people you know i i definitely agree that human beings have made the bible a a point of contention in people's beliefs and philosophies what if you remove them from the equation and people themselves figured it out, right? And this is my closing statement. When the Bible started to be, uh, thanks to the Gutenberg press, when it started to be like distributed amongst people, then you had the Reformation of the church, the Protestants. When people actually started to be able to take the information for themselves and discover for themselves and learn themselves, it changed the whole game. But what, what I find ironic is that we still, present-day humanity look at people in, in different institutions for that guidance when they're probably, they probably do have their own motivations. Um, 
So I would always caution anybody like, hey, you're entitled to have like you're entitled to have whatever opinion or belief. But the only the only thing you, you owe yourself is to figure it out for yourself. And that's personally what I do. Like I go to church, but at the same time, I also read and study my Bible for me. <laughs> I, I don't depend on uh, the preacher or a pastor or a priest to, you know, they're, they're not divine in any way, shape or form. They're teachers and, and leaders. But I also need to take accountability for myself in what, in, in my relationship with God. So, yeah, that was, a, that, you're right. That was a pretty heavy topic, but I mean, I think we can, <laughs> no, I think it's, I, I, I think mean, we, look, show, we sat here and know, had a conversation we, about it, right? We're, we are in a lot of ways uh, or on a lot of other topics, you and I are much more closely aligned, right? We think much more similarly, I think well, in that way. And this is one where we don't feel the same way or don't, you know, practice the same thing and so i think it's a perfectly good conversation to have i enjoyed it and if anybody out there yeah. didn't then get the <laughs> off our podcast <laughs> stop listening that's not what Just we're here forward. for we're not here to make you happy we got no plan just rambling life Let's uh, talk about another heavy topic, uh, race. <laughs> I know, right? My parents, your parents, they're probably old enough to remember Jim Crow laws in the United States of America. And, uh, you know, my mom went to um, a school that was somewhat segregated, and then her parents put her into a private school and et cetera, et cetera. Race is like, one of those things where people pretend like it's gotten better. But the reality is if, if our parents are still alive, that means they probably had kids and they probably taught their kids the same things they believe in. So I find it very hard to believe that racism is dead, and, yeah. you know, contrary to the fake news. And unfortunately, it's something that I've, I've personally had to deal with just this past year. You know, people are racist. And what I find very sad is... Um, people don't want to acknowledge the fact that they are racist. Yeah. You know, like when we talked before, like when you say that, no, what this person did was racist, somebody immediately associates that person's actions with their self. And they feel bad about themselves not being okay with the fact that, and, and feeling the, the need to defend that, you know, defend that person. And, and I, I get, eventually got over it, but, it's sad that and that people still have to deal with just I, I don't even know if it's ignorance I, I don't know what the deal is I, I don't know what motivates somebody to be racist um, well and then there's just like there's the institutional bias and stuff like that you know and white privilege and all of the other things that kind of I think go along with just straight up racism and, and race relations in America um, you know and it's we're at a point now where I think you know I, you you see a lot of pushback, right, about white privilege and you know pe people feel like well we're everybody's just hating on the white man now. Um, hate to say it, white man, but uh, you know we we've done some pretty shitty stuff over the years. Um, so maybe it's okay that people are talking shit about us and the shitty stuff that we've done over time. Um, but 
I'm going to say something that's going to be very controversial. I don't believe in white privilege, if I'm being honest. I think that the bigger issue is uh, economic, you know, separation from people. But isn't that Even, part of it? No, um, I don't. I don't think so. I think for probably the past 15, actually, probably since Reaganomics really became a thing, that the you weren't going to separate people based on their race anymore. I, it was you're going to separate them economically, and if you look at most of the issues that you have that I see, and this is you know wholly solely my opinion, that if I can take away opportunity from a group of people, then I pretty much can you know I can rope them in to whatever ideal you know ideals I want them to have. An example of that would be gentrification, right? Mm-hmm. It's desirable to live in a, you know, a certain part of a city. So I can, I don't stronghold and just, I just basically, you know, buy people out, right? Yeah. So I can completely pick up and remove the element of a, of that group I don't want in the city. Uh, I see it in Brooklyn, Durham, you, you pick a place. That's not so much like, you know, violence. It's just, it's economic strength that somebody else doesn't have. It is, but I think, you know, over the you know, the last hundred years, right, in this country, like, a lot has been done to, I think, align, right, the, those things, race and uh, economic status. Or economic what, opportunity, I guess, maybe. Which one is easier to... So, one thing in history I've noticed is that social change will always, it will always beat legislation to like actually happening right you can so in my mind if socially it's not acceptable to call somebody out on their ethnicity but i can still manipulate financial tools to make one thing better than the other it's no longer white privilege no (laughs) but uh, it is is what it is but you know what it's, it's almost like what it becomes is like we're t- they're targeting a specific race of people and there's other folks that get caught up in it because they're of the same, you know what I mean? Like because they find themselves in the same economic status or the same income bracket as this targeted demographic that they're trying to suppress, that it's almost like, you know, they just kind of chalk it up to, well, it's a casualty of, of achieving what we want, which is ultimately to keep this group of people down. I mean, maybe I, I'm wrong, I would, but I, yeah, there's a guy that um, I can't remember which college it was, but he paid everybody's um, tuition. So a graduating class at HBCU, he paid everybody's tuition, right? Everybody's like, "Woo, great job!" Two things: one, it was a tax write-off. <laughs> Two, he actually benefited from a law that actually he's a uh, hedge fund head fund manager. And he benefited from uh, some type, I can't remember the law exactly, but he made millions of dollars. <laughs> by donating, <laughs> like, by basically paying off their, all of their debts. Well, that, was a, that was totally a tax write-off. Yeah. So this is a black guy that kind of, you know, he, he plays within the system. Mm-hmm. He profited from it, which is, you know, I could be on both sides of the fence of that. His charity wasn't really charity. It was a tax write-off. So... When you, Does that discount what he did? 
one could say, right? I, I don't know his true just you know his true well right that's for doing it yeah but it certainly it's, makes it, it look a lot less altruistic right right <laughs> yeah so I I'm just saying like if you can if the people that have the 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 strength and it's not even physical but it's financial strength can manipulate situations it's not about race I mean look at look at the NFL look at the NBA et cetera et cetera. You're still going to get called, you know, you're still going to get treated as a piece of property. Well, but that's that's where I guess, again, right, like regardless of how much money these professional athletes have, right, that are African-Americans, like they still are subject to the same types of prejudice, right, no matter where they go. Like freaking LeBron James has his has his house vandalized in downtown Los Angeles, like. So back to what I said earlier, if the people are, are alive that were alive during segregation and had kids, right. that's probably, that's going to take some time to go away, right? The reality, so you're going to, yes, you're going to always have that element. Okay. So maybe, maybe this is where, did, or we're talking about two different things, or we started talking about two different things. One was specifically gentrification. Gentrification is a symptom or a, a tool. It's a tool. <laughs> It's a tool to, you know, to get some desired result. Right. But that's where you were saying that that's more focused on the economic status as opposed to targeting specific race at this point. Yeah. Okay. Correct. But, but, okay. Sorry. That's where I, we, I, we had started to diverge a little bit. I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Okay. Yes. So I would agree then that yes, with gentrification, it is more about removing a specific you know, level or economic status from a desirable area. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think race is, it's important. It's always going to be a thing. So I'm not running around saying, oh, everything's hunky-dory. We're singing Kumbaya. Um, I mean, racist, racist people still exist. Racism still happens in America. It's, and, but I think it's just as equal as the, like, economic, like spectrum that we have um, until other groups get to a point where the playing field is level or there are more people. First of all, common sense. There's always going to be people that are underserved and needy. So I, I totally get that. My point being until there are more people that have a different voice or a different perspective or they can see things in a different light at, in the top of the playing field or in the middle of the ground to make these decisions, it's not going to get better. Like, it's just literally not. So, you know, I mean, I worked in a, a, a quote-unquote technical industry where they're supposed to be smart people, and I was called everything but <laughs> So, you know, so, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, you can't, nobody can tell me, you can probably beep that out, but <laughs> nobody can tell me any different. So it doesn't matter if you're in a, lower paying job or a middle class job or whatever, whatever's whatever type of job. Like until you can get more people. And so example, until you get more black owned companies, until you get more, you know, or non-white companies, because it doesn't just, it's not a unique yeah. to just black people. Um, until you have more people leading companies that really do see the world a different way than the people currently leading our industry, you're going to have always have the same problem. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, you see that, right, like with the recent NFL head coaching searches and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, and there's been tons of talk about, well, you know, what good is the Rooney rule doing if we're still not getting enough, you know, minority coaches, uh, head coaches hired, um, you know, is it, well, now we need to have them interview two people. And it's like, well, what's the point? Obviously like, and the whole Rooney rule only came about because Johnny Cochran was going to sue the NFL. Right. <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 hold on. Rather than sue us and let any of the stuff that's actually going on, it's the same thing with Kaepernick, right? Where it's like, yep. rather than let any of this go to court and let any information see the light of day of what about what actually happens behind the scenes here, we'd rather put rules in place and pay people off and get just, just go away. Please go away. To be honest, affirmative action never helps. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that I'd rather hire the right person regardless of who, regardless of their color. Right. Regardless, I'd rather hire the right person. And I strongly and firmly believe that companies recruit who they want. They hi- they will hire just about anybody. And the, let me explain that statement. So I can put a job posting up on a website saying I'm hiring. Well, we have these, you know, protected classes so you you actually have to make that public right but i recruit where i want to i can go recruit at a predominantly you know non-wide school or whatever where i know that the people i'm recruit where i'm actually attending job fairs where i'm actually doing career coaching at that's recruiting it's no different than sports right i can hire like yeah we're, we're hiring and you have all the free agents you have all everybody you know wanting to buy for that job but the coach is going to go talk to, you know, player X. That's recruiting. And I think that our, our society operates under the same rules. Affirmative action isn't, yeah, it's going to keep your hands, you know. Like, think about it. How many companies are talking about how diverse and inclusive they are? Yeah, every single one of them, right? But they're not. No. <laughs> Look at how diverse we are with all of our whiteness. Yeah. Look at the different, I mean, the different shades of pink on display here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not. They're, they're they're full of crap. Hey, but we have um, two Asian people that work in the back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I I mean, I totally agree, you know. And it's um you see I think a lot that people hire people who remind them of themselves you know people because that's who they feel comfortable with so if you look like me and you sound like me and we get along okay then you're probably going to work out because i I feel like i can relate to you and i'm going to understand what's going on but if those things don't line up well this is going to be a lot harder for me right and i don't want my job to be hard so if i'm the person hiring you then i'm going to go with the person that i think is going to be easier for me to relate with and manage but you know, I'm with you wholeheartedly that I think in those recruiting processes, you want to remove it. That's where I think right, going back to understanding the the inherent bias that each and every one of us has. Right. Right. And not that you not that you're ever really going to eliminate it, but that when those things pop up, you sit there and go, well, that's dumb. Don't don't allow that to influence. Right. I, I was fortunate enough to sit into one of those. um I don't know what they called it, those hiring sessions at, you know, the place we used to work at. Mm-hmm. And the quote-unquote leadership, they were talking about things that had nothing to do with the job relevancy. 
Like this person was being judged on things that had nothing to do with their ability to do the job. Mm -hmm. They were totally everything you just said that, Oh, well, you know, we want this person to fit with this group. Yeah. They seem like they got along. Well, you know, their personality becomes more important. And I mean, you and I have sat here and talked about culture, right. And how important it is to hire the right people. And I think that, to a very small degree, personality can be a factor in that. But ultimately, what it boils down to is, do you have respect for each other and are you capable of doing the job and do you want to do the job, right? right. Like, those are the three things that you really need to have, I think, you know, a, a good functioning team. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm the hiring practices and the way that things are done, and you're absolutely right, rules like the Rooney Rule or affirmative action, stuff like that, aren't going to fix it because all it's going to do, I mean, to some degree, right, within organizations, it'll say, okay, well, we're going to keep our, you know, our minority hires above 25% or whatever the rule is so that we look good and we're, you know, we're abiding by the law. But then ultimately, do you end up, right, they, in some situations, you're just hiring somebody because they fit a specific profile, a demographic profile that makes you look good, right? Yeah. I mean, how often did, did do I, you know, without thinking of specific people, I just, I feel like that happens, happened so often in the past where you saw specific people get hired because they filled a demographic profile, not because they necessarily had the skill set or the desire to do the job that they were being hired for. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I think the tech industry in general will always be predominantly Caucasian. Like I, I just, hands down, that's one industry until something big happens will always predominantly be Caucasian. Like, and I will, I will go on record saying that because that is a cesspool of like ignorant, intelligent people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I don't, and those are some of care. the most I'm, dangerous folks out there—the ignorant, intelligent yeah. ones. I mean, unless I mean, it, it's and it's unfortunate to say, but it'll it'll probably that industry will always be predominantly Asian and white for a long time to come. Oh, well, and predominantly um, male, I think too. You know, I mean, there's oh, yeah. been some strides to see more females in that in that specific industry, but I think even then, right, that a lot of them left after coming in because of the toxic. You know, we talked about toxic culture. That's one one industry that has a major issue with that. I think. Um, you but know, I'll, got be, I'll be honest. I was not sad to leave that industry in part because of that. Just because I, having spent so much time in it, it was just kind of like, well, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if I'm being honest, like, you know, I, I work for a company that has offices in Asia um, and in mainland China and in Hong Kong. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of issues when it comes to respect for women who, you know, are in any sort of position of authority within the company in those in some of those Asian offices. It's amazing to me because I mean, to a T every single woman that I met when I was over there was one of the smartest and hardest working people it seemed right in the office. And I, but just hearing some stories about interactions that people have had and the way that, that things get done or, you know, other people are getting projects pushed ahead because, you know, they're not a woman or, you know, these people are basically being ignored because they are a woman when they're trying to get something very important done. So, you know, it's certainly not, 
it's it, you know the the male female dominance or you know in the tech industry it's not explicit or exclusive to that industry for sure yeah that's true and i and i my heart goes out to um like for i don't know my my daughter probably i agree with my daughter like because we have this thing where it's like yeah i get it i get women's rights but what about their lefts <laughs> yeah we got to like stop looking at everything with first world eyes you know um and my heart goes out i don't have a solve and, and I'm, i gotta be careful what i say because i don't want to i really don't want to offend anybody that's okay i'm just gonna but... bleep all of this out <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna have you say i don't want to offend anybody and then we'll jump right into the next topic <laughs> <laughs> i know i i i but it's 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 me being honest like it, it's like gosh when I see the women's marches, I only see blonde hair, blue eyed women. <laughs> like those, those can't be the only women in the country. You no, know? I uh, mean, but I'll say like, I mean, there was one, it was Monday. I was watching TV when I was down at the beach. Um, and there were a number of different, you know, women, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't watch them. Like it's not required TV or like a, I don't look for that stuff. No, my parents TV. have the news on in the mornings, like the local news, and so that's always. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It, it's a. I guess when people can get back to some form of decency, we'll be in better shape. Um, I just think you know it, what it really boils down to is having a general respect for other humans, and this is something that that you and I had talked about. You know, in terms of how you how you interact with other people in the workplace, right? Right. Um. And even specifically when it comes to women, like ultimately, are they capable of doing the job? Like that's what you need to worry about. Everything else doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So that yeah. and that's that's what I try to remember. You know, that's those those are the 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 guidelines that I try to live by when it comes to interacting with other people. I don't care if you're a man or a woman or you know, what color your skin is ultimately like, are you capable of doing the thing that, you know, you and I are tasked with working on together and can we have respect for each other? Yeah. I don't think stupid has a gender. So no, um, gosh, no. So I'm stupid okay knows with no bounds. <laughs> stupid gets to do whatever it wants to do whenever it wants to do it. And I just, I'm opposed to like, I think I respect people that are giving the effort to accomplish something doesn't mean that I give them some false expectations. And I know when I was a, you know, the manager of a team or leader, you know, leader of a team, I had to say you're a leader. You're not a leader. You're not a leader. Yeah. I was, (laughs) (laughs) dude, that is like one of my biggest pet peeves on LinkedIn. I know leader motivational. Shut up. You're not (laughs) like, nobody cares. I'd like to ask anybody that's ever worked with you. Like anybody's ever worked with me will say, you know, I may not like everything he says, but I respect him. like, and I don't, I really don't want people. To, if you don't like me, okay, I get that. Um, but hopefully you respect me. Um, and that's all I want. And then you can, you can run a team a lot better if people know where they stand. Not this BS of, you know, oh, I got to hire the token black person or oh, I have to hire the token uh, woman or that is garbage. I hope your company fails. If I I really do, like if you can't hire the most qualified person, then that's on you. 
Now, granted, you, you, there are people you hire and you have to unhire them. And I get that. But try to hire the right person. I don't know. Man, it's tough. Thoughts with Andre. I know, right? <laughs> simple, simple, basic first day stuff. Cooking. So, uh, I, I made some, uh, what did I make? I'm, what did we, ha- we had some mushrooms. Tetsu made some mushrooms that were bananas. Yeah. Like they were so good. They Wait, weren't, were they mushrooms, mushrooms or were they were really, bananas? They were really <laughs> mushrooms, not bananas. Um, <laughs> I caught myself as I was saying that. They were really good. Um, what else did I, and I think, and of course, Vegan Community Kitchen is still that spot. Yeah. We can't give them enough love. No, really can't. Um, I've been went there three times in inside of a week. Um, it was that good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what I've made lately. Uh, I had I finally used the pressure cooker on my Foodie Ninja, um, which is really cool. I like that a lot, and I'm looking to try and get some more recipes. It's basically like an instant pot. Um, but I did this uh, enchilada quinoa. Um, that was really good. Um, that sounds good. It was just, you know, like a bunch of roasted vegetables and stuff like that in there, sauteed vegetables and then do the quinoa. Um, and then where we made pizza the other night, got the, got just picked up like, you know, a, a dough, uh, ball from Harris Teeter and stretched right. it out and then did, I had some crushed tomatoes. So I made my own marinara sauce and then we did a bunch of roasted vegetables with some roasted garlic and the. Um, what is it? Follow your heart, uh, mozzarella. And that was one of the best. Oh, and, uh, barbecue tofu forgot. Um, that was one of the best pizzas that I've ever had. We made it again when we went down to the beach this last weekend. Um, although we found at Publix, they have an everything pizza crust. So, you know, like everything bagels have like poppy seeds and all that stuff in it. It's basically oh, that, but yeah. in a pizza crust. Yeah, <laughs> that stuff was so good. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we made some. Um, oh, when we did when we made the pizza down at the beach, we did a like a cashew based white sauce as opposed to doing a marinara, um, and that was also yeah. really good. I know you're not big on white yeah, sauce. Yeah, I haven't. It hasn't um, made its way up my favorite list yet. But uh, Tetchi made something with tofu the like last week. It was actually pretty good. It was the best tofu I ever had. Yeah. Um, I'm not really. I don't mess with tofu. Why? 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 Tofu. There was an experience I had three years ago, and it was just like I, I don't know why or how somebody could eat this. Terrible. 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 I think it's really like there have been times where I've had tofu where it was not prepared correctly and it is absolutely disgusting. And usually it's because they don't press the moisture out of it. And so it's like this rubbery, slimy texture and that I will not eat. I've had that, like I got a sandwich once at a place and I was just like, this is gross. Like I don't want this big slab of tofu in here. What I, when I do it at home, I always make sure to press even if it's like the pre-pressed or pre-dried tofu, still always press out as much of the moisture as I can. Um, and then if you do like some um, marinating, you can do it in like soy sauce or barbecue sauce. Then it re- it absorbs that flavor back into the tofu. Um, there's a Chinese right. place up the street that does a really good General Tso's tofu. Um, I want to say it's New China. 
Um, and they, they, I don't, I got to figure out exactly how they do it. I'm pretty sure they're deep fry their tofu. Um, cause I just have done mine in the air fryer, but it's so freaking good. Like it, it has that same consistency as like chicken nuggets, kind of, you know, like that shredded chicken okay. on the inside. Um, right. Which I which I greatly prefer, and it's just got a good flavor. And I, but I'm with you. Like in a lot of cases, I don't even I don't even need tofu like as a meat replacement. You know, a lot of the times I'm okay if I'm just if I'm right. just doing some veggies. Um, you know, without having some sort of meat replacement with tofu. But occasionally it's nice, especially um, you know, doing it in the air fryer. Um, is cool because then it just it gets mm-hmm. nice and crispy on the outside. Uh, so it can add like a different texture to the food. Um. I did that with some when we did some like Thai uh, noodles and sauteed veggies and stuff like that. Um, and I had a bunch of tofu that I had been marinating in some soy sauce. And so I just threw some cornstarch on them and then threw them in the uh, air fryer. And they turned into like these little crispy nuggets almost. And it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I read an article uh, explaining the part of the, the substitute meat craze mm-hmm. and Westerners typically eat a meal with meat something else and something else yep and that's part of the uh, that's part of our diet so i think as i kind of transition away from just being so used to eating like meat with something uh it'll become less and less important to me that's Um, that's what i've found you know because i mean it's been almost three months now for me that i've been almost exclusively plant-based um and i now i've gotten to the point where i don't i don't look at a meal and go like, Oh, I got to have some meat, you know, like where's, what's the, yeah. what's the meat thing that I'm supposed to be eating here? You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Um, cause that it used to be that way with pizza where I was like, I wouldn't eat pizza unless it had pepperoni on it or some sort of meat really. And oh, yeah. it's like, no man, just give me some Maybe. veggies. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, it's just one yeah, of those, I'm, I'm okay with, I get, I'm your body stops craving it after a while. Especially since our bodies aren't really designed to consume it anyways. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though. Like I read this really weird article. I'll have to see if I can find it and send it to you. Although it was a New York Times article, so you might might not be able to read it. Um, but it was talking about, you know, like basically don't call yourself a vegan. <laughs> Use the term you're, that you're on a plant-based diet is instead um and how you know like basically veganism and the term vegan has all of this this negative connotations and you know like i was reading all the like these twitter posts and stuff about people who are like yeah you know i switched to plants um only for the health reasons animals and i'm like okay like i i get because for me a big part of it was the health benefits right or just the negative side effects of eating right. so much animal products. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm also down with the fact that we don't have to be torturing and murdering like hundreds of thousands of millions of animals every year so that people can eat. You know, like, can't they both be good things? Do we have to say like, oh, no, I only care about this because of health and f- everybody who's doing it because of animals. Like, I don't believe in that. It's like, it's the same f- <laughs> outcome it doesn't matter yeah i i agree with that like uh like i think i've probably started saying plant-based more because i still have a leather belt um but i also thought about uh, you know just the simple fact in the history of like meat and diets 
meat was a luxury item at one point. Right. It wasn't so consumer ready where it's like it, it was so available for everybody. It was really so, it was like post World War I, I right? that was when meat became more of like a staple of meals because right. it was really like it was the, the post war boom. Um, I feel like was when was when it it became like oh no every you know every table is gonna have a turkey on it every night or a roast or something like that that's like the main centerpiece and yeah it became less luxury and more like oh no this is this is the main thing that you're gonna be eating everything else is just a side dish right and I you know once I kind of because I don't think meat's bad I think the way that we've turn it into not even it's beyond a commodity it's just like one of those things that's willy-nilly everywhere and that's probably where the quality and probably where we started introducing more negative health you know effects yeah so i don't see the need of having so many cows or when you actually look at how they're they're growing these animals just for food it doesn't make sense to me no it's like yeah it can't be right yeah i agree there's i mean I'm with you. And that's, again, like, I don't want to sit here and tell people you can't eat meat. It's not, that's not what I'm, you know, me personally, I don't want to eat animal products anymore. Um, and if somebody else wants to eat meat, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, I agree. really care. I would just, I would like people to be more open to the idea of the fact that we don't need meat to be the primary thing that we eat. And that a lot of the information that is being put out there around meat and dairy and all of those other things are coming from sources that are not exactly unbiased. Like the, uh, the, the dairy farmers association. Uh, yeah. The U S well, cattlemen's associate. Associ- honestly, the, that was the, th- one of the things where I was reading this New York times article and I get about halfway through it and they present a counterpoint, right? Where it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of studies that haven't shown that, you know, switching to a, or excluding an entire food group from your diet is a good idea. And this woman where I don't even remember what, association she works for but i thought just for curiosity let's go see what this association is and then let's go see who their sponsors are guess who sponsors them everybody that wants you to have meat in your diet like i just (laughs) at some point right can't we can't we all just admit the bias that we have when we're presenting this information and say, yeah, look, I work for the meat industry, so I'm going to tell you that that you should eat meat. But maybe it's not a bad idea to consider all the facts and get what. But then, you know, it's like in North Carolina, you can't do anything that or what is it in Texas? It's against the law to disparage beef in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Or the First Amendment rights people for that one. Right. I mean, that's... (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a crazy... And that's where I think, you know, when the money starts getting more and more involved in politics, you lose control of that type of stuff. Where, you know, the regulations and whatnot that are supposed to be in place to try and prevent that aren't effective because... It's not. It's either not being enforced. It's being overlooked. People are being paid off. I mean, who knows? But it's just. It's unfortunate that again that we live in a society in which corporations and the people who are in charge of them feel that it's okay to sh- take shortcuts that put other people's lives at risk or 
you know, that ultimately may be telling somebody flat out false information simply so you can make a freaking buck. Like, I'm sorry, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I've, uh, I'm way not into that. And I think maybe next week or when you get back from our next uh, podcast, we'll yeah. talk about regulations. Um, yeah, I think that would yeah. be a good one. Okay, guys. Well, we, we, um, wow, we've had a pretty long one here. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for hanging in there. This was one, <laughs> definitely one of our heavier topics for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, hopefully we give you guys something to think about. Not that we're trying to convince you, but we're probably saying something that you're thinking in your head on one side or the other. And there's nothing wrong with the conversation, if I'm being honest, whether that's religion or politics or, you know, politics being influenced by, unfortunately, corporate overlords, <laughs> race. And um, hey, religion, thing. religion it's being just, influenced by money, right? I mean, like that's unfortunately money is in a lot of ways the root of all evil. But <laughs> <laughs> or, or people's like sticking desire for it. Yeah, well, that's true. I, um, greed in general. That's one of them. One of them seven deadly we, sins. Oh, man. Um, thank you again to everybody that has been listening to us. Um, you know, we really appreciate the support. Um, even if you're just following us on one of our social networks, if you find anything interesting here, um, please do share. Just trying to get us out there as much as we can. Because, again, right, the point of this is it's two guys having a conversation. We don't always see eye to eye, but we respect each other, and that's what we want to see more of in the world. And we'll be talking to you guys soon. I hope everybody has a great day. And thanks for listening to the Chris and Andre Show.